This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. we got a great show planned for you. Kind of picking up a little bit of a part two from what we were talking about last night. DMs always open, so if you've got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, topics you want covered, we want to hear from you. Let us know. And uh, past episodes, always over at wearechannelq.com. So last night we were talking a little bit about loneliness, how that comes to be, ways to cope with that. So tonight's a little bit of a part two. We're going to be grounding that topic, but in the holidays, because a lot of us, for a multitude of reasons, whether it is toxic family members, things related to COVID or finances, we might be spending the holidays alone. So where last night we were talking a little bit about how to deal with loneliness, tonight we're going to talk about how to deal with it for the holidays. Uh, Really falling under the rubric of... We, I say this every holiday season since COVID started, things are going to be different. That doesn't mean they are bad or canceled. It just means we have to get familiar with a little more flexibility. And for some of those, it's about spending the holidays alone. Some people that's very familiar for them. They have often lived out of state or out of country and maybe not had the time off or the finances. Like I said, others have toxic family members where due to body shaming, transphobia, homophobia, racism, they can't go home, or maybe they're in recovery and there's going to be drinking and drug use, maybe some family violence. And for others, maybe they're just like, heck, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to do it all self-care. It's just going to be me this holiday. I've, I've done that where I said, listen, <laughs> I don't need the celebration or the parties. Just need to rest. And um, I want to advocate for that, that before we even get into the main topic, remember, if our lives are very busy, it's important for our weekends or our vacations or our holidays to sometimes be nothing but rest and restoration, make them restorative. Sometimes we go into vacations that are even more depleting, even though it's a positive stress because we're doing a lot of activities and a lot of travel. And then we're even more burnt out because we were burnt out during the week. And then our holiday vacation was a lot of activity and we're burnt out more. So some people are like, look, I'm going to stay home or I'm going to try to create a holiday experience. That's just rest. That's what I always do. My weeks are busy enough with the radio show and my private practice and my writing and other media projects I'm filming and my teaching and lecturing. My vacations, my weekends, my holidays, I want to rest. I want to sleep in. I want nothing on the calendar. I want to go at my own pace. Um, me and my babe, we want to just like focus on joy and pleasure. That's what it's all about. Rest, joy, and pleasure. You know, If it doesn't sound fun, we ain't going to do it. But that's my, that's my theory on life moving forward. I've shared that. How's it going to be for my mental health? And is it going to be fun? And if not, no, thank you. Um, But I know that there's a lot of privilege in that, but I still think that we can apply that framework uh, to our days in some, in some, in many different ways anyway. So alone for the holidays, I know that it sounds on the outside, very sad, very depressing. Well, there must be something wrong with that person. Why don't they have anywhere to go? Uh, Slow down. It's kind of like the way we treat singledom. Not everyone wants to be in a relationship. Some people are taking a break. Some people are doing other things with their time and energy. Same thing with the holidays. Let's not immediately assume something bad or off or wrong about someone saying, I'm staying home or I'm just spending time alone. There's nothing wrong with that. But we often think that everyone has to have a squad that they're running around with and every holiday has to be with people and you know, extroversion is always better and socialization is always a good thing. Well, not always. Some people are asocial or need less socialization. I'm one of those people. If I go out socially on a weekend, I need a few weeks off. <laughs> it really takes a lot out of me. I'm a um, extroverted introvert. So a lot of reasons as to how people come to spend maybe holidays on their own. But my, my point is let's not pathologize that for ourselves or for others. Let's not inherently go, oh, sad face. No, it might be a triple happy face, lots of thumbs up that they've set that boundary or made that decision or 
lived honestly. Not everyone wants to go home or be around family or be around others. That is fine. So I need to just keep saying that. Just because your holiday is different this year or a few times doesn't mean something's wrong or off. Having said that, I do want us to still offer invites because even for people that don't choose to take them up, they still feel good being invited because they know people are there. So please still invite people, no pressure. Please reach out to see if people have somewhere to go and say, if you wanted somewhere to be around others, we'd be happy to have you. Still do that. We're not pathologizing and doing that. Um, but a lot's going on. I work with a lot of people where for a lot of reasons it's gonna be different this year and I'm just like, it's, it can be okay. As I keep saying, you can still make the meal if you want, still play the music if you want, still watch the movies and dress up if you want and decorate. You do it for you. You know, sometimes I'm not going to leave the house for the day because we're in the middle of a pandemic still. And I, I engage people all week long through my clinical practice. And I like time alone into myself. And I'll still comb my hair. And I'll still maybe put something on that I enjoy seeing myself in for myself because it makes me smile. It's not always about others. So again, we can still play the music for us. We can still go through some of the motions for us. And if you celebrate things like Christmas, you maybe still put up a Christmas tree or you still do some of the Hanukkah um, celebratory processes and gift giving and things like that. We can still have things be the way we want them to just maybe a little different. So I just want to like start the show off by normalizing that, you know, different is not bad or broken. Different is just different. We need that creativity and that flexibility. And for some people, they just spend it with their, you know, chosen family, which it's more pure because you're there and they're there because you choose them to be. That's a lot purer than just doing it by, well, you know, structurally their family or by blood. And so I feel compelled to, it's not as clean and pure as choice. All right, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna keep talking about how to best spend the holidays alone. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerd. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. All right, so we're back, and tonight we're talking about spending the holidays on our own. It's not bad. doesn't mean something's off. For some of us, it's a really mentally healthy choice because of how they've been in the past or just being honest with where you're at and what you really need. And I do that all the time. I'll be like, yeah, I'm actually going to spend that holiday resting, sleeping, and do whatever I want or with chosen family, the people that actually I'm going to feel good to be around. Um, so check in on that. You know, you don't have to perform good holiday the way you think it needs to be or the way it's always been the way it is on television. So what are the benefits of this? How do we wrap our heads around this? Well, first off, you get to make your own schedule. And I would say still make a schedule. You know, the benefits are you wake up when you want, you eat what you want, you nap when you want, you wear what you want. And I also want to remind people that others maybe while spending alone need to build in a structure and to say, all right, I'm going to have dinner at this time. And this is what I'm going to have. And this is what I'm going to do with my day. Uh, that's also something we do for people that are lonely, people that are early in maybe drug and alcohol recovery. Have a schedule so that you know that there's something to come, something to look forward to. You know what you need to be doing. You kind of do go through the motions sometimes. Because for some of us, it's important for us to still be participating on some level. For others, it's quite the opposite. So again, making your own schedule, you have to decide, is it something I need or is it quite the opposite? I tend to need the opposite. 
I'm hyper-structured, hyper-controlling in my normal life. Here's when we're leaving. Here's when we need to get there. Here's what I need to do. I'll squeeze that in here because of my clinical schedule, my teaching schedule, and my media schedule. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot. I don't know how people that are famous do it because I'm far from that. And I have so many balls in the air at all, at all times, interviews, giving quotes for things, working on side projects. And I'm just like, who, who's the time? And then the holidays come and you're like, you want me to schedule more stuff? No way. Let me be where I'm going to be when I get there. <laughs> uh, what do they say? Uh, oh, I can't remember. There's a funny metaphor for that. But anyhow, having said all that, uh, sometimes we need the structure. Sometimes we don't, but we can have both while still on our own. Um, I also thought this was cute. I was looking through the different research, looking at different people's ideas as to how to wrap their heads around this because just like we pathologize singledom as though we think everyone should be on their way towards a relationship when a lot of people need to be on their way out of them. Some people just don't want them. Some people are putting their time and energy into something else. Holidays, weekends, and socialization is that as well. It's, it's okay to not be having a lot of friends. It's okay to not be socializing a lot. It's okay to not have a lot of friends. Yes, last night's show, we were talking about how sometimes we create that and there's actually something we need to learn in that and some work to do because we have a fear of dependency or we have personality issues that keep creating problematic relationships that can't be sustained. So there is work in that. But now we're looking at it from a different perspective. Um, and what came up in some of the research is spend quality time with your pets. I thought that was really endearing. Um, I'm going to read you a quote. They said, you know who isn't homophobic, racist, or overly fond of boozing it up? Your cat or your dog, maybe even your goat. Your pets are wonderful creatures who don't even know it's a holiday time. <laughs> spend it with them. And I thought, that's the beauty of pets. They don't really often let us down. They're always happy to see us. They like our worst parts, our good parts. So maybe that's what you're gonna spend your weekend doing. But more importantly, we're talking about holidays on our own. Cuddle up to your pet, maybe even get a pet. Make sure though, your non-holiday, non-COVID life can still provide energy and presence with pets. Please don't get a pet so that your pet can spend the days by themselves at home alone or locked up in a cage. That's not kind. Um, and also rescue pets. There's so many cats and dogs and other animals that are without a home and need one. Uh, a lot of breeders aren't very ethical and there's a lot of problems. So I just want to remind that be, you know, we're not buying from pet stores. We're buying from shelters, pets that need homes. My friend just adopted a, pet, a dog without that is missing an eye. No one else was willing to adopt him. It is the cutest, sweetest, kindest dog ever. He doesn't know the difference. Like there's so many people that need care. And so there can be something really adorable and having that love and acceptance reflected back. Because a lot of us move through the world, maybe with a marginalized, oppressed identity, where we don't get to see that a lot. Something awesome about that. COVID's been smoothed down with some individuals getting pets, you know, bringing, bringing that into their lives. Um, so think about that, you know. I think that that's also a way to get us out and into the world. We have to walk the dog. We're going to be around others while walking the dog. There's like a whole, I, I've never had a dog in that way. So I don't know that world, but as I'm walking down the street and I see pet owners like waving and talking because they see each other on the street or it's like a natural combo starter. I'm like, wow, what a little community embedded in community. And maybe that would be something that's reasonable for you or to spend time at dog parks, meeting other dog owners. It's a way to like get into the dating game or to make more friends or maybe that's it. You see them there, you leave them there. It never extends outside of that, but you look forward to catching up or even just seeing the same faces. I used to spend a lot of time in coffee shops and often I didn't talk to the people or know their names, but it felt very familiar to walk in and to recognize people. And so I think uh, being a pet owner can afford some elements of that if, if utilized in, in, in those ways, pro-social ways, if that's what you're looking for. But for those that are more lower social or isolative, a pet is a nice, you know, life form to spend time around. There's movement in the room, there's energy, there's, there's care. Um, <clears throat> my cat is very soothing. I was never a cat person and then I got one. Saw a picture of her online, drove out and, and rescued her. She's beautiful and uh, the energy in the room's been awesome. She has a personality of her own. She's very boundaried. Cats have boundaries. Dogs tend to be a little boundaryless. Cats, you know, will say, thank you, I'm good. Or you can touch me now, no you can't. So, you know, I value that. Um, she's also very sweet and sensitive. She makes me laugh, she's ridiculous. You know what I mean, we play. Uh, she's also taught me how to soften a little bit. It's also helped me be a better caregiver, really having to care for this less empowered being that's completely dependent upon you.
you know, so you really get to learn about how much software you need to be, about your caretaker skills. It can be very beneficial. There's a lot of programs where they try to give people that have aggression or violence issues pets to learn how to socialize, to learn how to soften, to learn how to take care of something that's dependent and fragile. So a lot of us could really benefit from that. But if nothing else, just having someone waiting for us, happy to see us, can be really cute. And, you know, depending on the kind of pet you have, you can slap a little Christmas hat on them. My cat can't stand that stuff. Every year I try to put this little beard and a little hat on her. I think it's adorable. It's a little Santa thing. She ain't so into it, but she doesn't seem angry. She tolerates it. She kind of rolls with it. So, you know, I feel okay about putting it on her. All right, y'all, we got to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about how to get through the holidays when you're going to be maybe spending it on your own. I think there's something in this for all of us to learn. Honestly, I always try to kind of round it out, but we'll be back. So stick around and then we'll be doing some uh, DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about how to uh, spend the holidays on our own. We don't, we don't want the holidays being different this year because of unsafe family members, COVID issues, financial issues, travel issues. We don't want that to necessarily mean that the, hev- the holidays have to be heavy or dark. So we're just kind of talking about other things to do, other perspectives to have. And again, this applies to all of us because there's a lot going on in the world and you know a lot of things are gonna have to be different. And so we're just trying to get comfortable reimagining, getting creative, you know, reorientating our perspective and expectations. So uh, looking at different pieces of research, people had a lot of different interesting, it's not really not great <laughs> things to weigh in on this, but uh, we're talking about making your own schedules and uh, how for some of us, we need our vacations and our holidays and our time off to be very soothing and restorative as opposed to further depleting if we feel like the rest of our lives are like that. Um, also talking about pets. <laughs> I think that's something really interesting to consider. Um, we talked about that though. Also, I love this, just having the fluidity and freedom to make that day be about what you want it to be about. I think I was talking about this on yesterday's show or I don't remember when, but I was saying how we have to really get back to what some of these holidays were about. They were about expressing gratitude, spending time with people we care about, but we've gotten so hung up on performing the perfect holiday or performing holidays correctly, how they're supposed to look, what we're supposed to do, gift giving, and people are stressed out, don't have the money, don't have the energy to put the perfect place setting together, the right foods or the gifts. That's okay. And so I want that to be built in this as well. You're allowed to just say, I'm, I'm passing on celebrating the holiday this year. Like that's very radical for a lot of people, but it's really important for us to remember that that is an option. It is okay to say to yourself, I'm going to pass on celebrating this year. I want to spend it differently or I want to spend it alone. And I know that there's a lot of pressure for people to carry forward and participate in traditions and to do things the way that their grandparents or their family would be happy. It's okay to disappoint and let people down. That's an important part of mental health. That's also how we know we're setting boundaries and taking care of ourselves. So even if others are still doing it the way it's always done, you have a right to say this year, I'm opting out of that, or I'm not hosting this year, or I'm hosting differently. I'm, I'm asking everyone to bring their favorite foods. I'm saying it's gonna be hyper casual this year. Come in your pajamas, wear whatever you want. We're not formalizing it. You're allowed to shift it around. And like I said, you're also allowed to say, we're, we're gonna actually skip this year. Imagine that. <laughs> because remember, different cultures don't even always celebrate our holidays. Like a lot of these are just very American. I'm in a relationship with someone from Canada. Their Thanksgiving is very different and it happens I think in September. So, there's a lot of people in the world that won't be doing Christmas or whatever holidays you're celebrating. There's a lot of people that weren't doing Thanksgiving because they don't believe what it's rooted in or they're from a different country or a different culture. So if you're Jewish, you might not be celebrating Christmas. Some of your Jewish friends might not be. So what's my point? My point is maybe spend time with or tap into those other cultures. If you do want to be with others, but you don't want to celebrate the holiday, you can spend time with maybe someone who doesn't. And there's a lot of those people. Where I live in LA, a lot of restaurants and gyms and other things are open on all the holidays because they recognize there's other people that just live their lives business as usual. Not everyone is somewhere to go or is leaving town. And we want people to be able to access the gym, hang out at a coffee shop, still go out for dinner. And I think that that's really important. You might not live in an area that offers that, but sometimes it's soothing just to know that it is not literally everyone who's doing something for the holiday or with others. There's a lot of people that are tagging out this year, doing it differently, or don't even honor or celebrate those holidays at all. You have a right to be one of those people. So I do want to hold space for that. 
And that's where we kind of come into do it how you want. I, one of the authors was talking about the beauty of just spending the day watching what they want and watching a lot of movies. Trust me when I tell you that is one of my favorite ways to spend some of my downtime when you're too energized to nap, but you want to still do something. Um, also, it's a time to really step into some of your favorite self-care practices. And I mean that all over the map. Maybe you're going to go to church. Maybe you're going to go to an online service. Maybe you're going to do a 12-step meeting. Maybe you're going to spend the day in, in the bath or the tub. You're going to make art all day. Maybe you're going to cook all day. Maybe you're going to watch movies because a lot of the world does slow down for some of these more generalized holidays like Christmas or New Year's. Maybe you can capitalize on that because it's going to be quieter, less crowded. So maybe you do go for a walk or do go spend time in some of these spaces that are still open, but will be less populated. But like I said, not everyone's going to be celebrating the holidays. So you still might have access to people. Or like I said, you just kind of do it differently and on your own. Um, Catching up on your favorite podcast or reading a book. One of my favorite things to do is to read. I would love to use some of the time over the holiday to just lean out and away from everything and focus on catching up on some of the reading, which for me is both self-care, it's both educational, it's part of my clinical career, depending on what you read. Um, Podcasts are are very much the same way. And here's another really um, helpful thing. Maybe use that time to go volunteer. Maybe use that as a day to give back. There's a lot of places that would happy, be happy to help you help them. Uh, food kitchens, food pantries, going around and helping the unhoused to have food and blankets. Uh, maybe, like I said, offer an invite to an open invite to people to come to your home to feed people, people that don't have access to food. So many different ways to do it. All right, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back and uh, slide into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Love to hear from you. Questions you got, topics you want covered, drop them all in there, things you want us to circle back to. Stick around. More to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I've been dating a guy for the past few months or so. Just found out that he's been, oh, here we go. This stuff hurts my heart. Just found out he's been lying to me about being vaccinated. Lack of consent. It's kind of an act of violence. Also, put your life at risk. There's nothing okay about that. Sorry, nothing okay about that. This person is not okay. Y'all, if someone is spending time with you in any way, shape, or form, socially, sexually, romantically, and they say, have you been vaccinated? When's the last time you were tested? What were your test results? Um, Is there anything I might be coming in contact with by having sex with you or socializing with you? If you lie, then then they cannot give consent. It's called informed consent. We can't give full consent to anything if we're not informed around what it is we might be coming in contact with. And that's why we do have to disclose STDs, STIs, and vaccination status, 100%. Lying about any of the above or withholding it when asked or when aware that this person might come in contact is an act of violence. Yes, it is an unfortunate, very difficult conversations. We've talked about it on the show, but they need to be had. We need to normalize having those things. We need to normalize talking about those things. We need to normalize encountering those things. Part of being out in the world, dating, having sex, flirting, romancing, hooking up is coming in contact with things. Let's be adults. It is there. It, it happens, but we need to be given the information so we can take the adequate protections and tests. It's truly. This person, I don't know if they live around someone who's compromised. I don't know who else is put at risk, but this is how things get you know, widened and impacting a lot more people. Uh, Back to your question, you said, I asked him directly when we first met, he said he was, but that was a lie. He's now almost fully vaxxed since his work mandated it, but I'm not okay that he was dishonest about it. Yeah, I'm not either. Dr. Chris is not okay about that. Uh, Yes, maybe it's a red flag and not a deal breaker. Red flag being you might want to find out some more information, but it might very much actually be a deal breaker because this person lied and put your health at risk. That's a double whammy. I don't, I personally don't want to spend time around people that aren't going to be forthcoming and honest about my, my health. Um, basically though, he said, uh, he's now fully blah, blah, blah. He said he knew if you told me that I wouldn't date him and that's why he lied. He's right. You would not have. And he removed your choice and removed your option of, of setting that boundary. Yes. Yes. So he lied and manipulated you. That's right. In service of what he wanted, he might do that again and again and again. This is not someone who has a lot of integrity or good character. I would be very concerned. This person's always already showed you they lie for things to be in their benefit. This is, this is a mess. He said, he knew, blah, blah. I, I, uh, I'm committed to breaking it off with him now because the lie is a huge red flag for me. Yeah, it is. I'm struggling though, because I find myself so hyper fixated on this person and I have intrusive and obsessive thoughts about them. I don't care. 
doesn't mean you don't break up with them. You still do. There's no, I, I stuck around because I have intrusive, obsessive thoughts. Deal with it. Have them. But that doesn't mean you have to reach out and text. Have those thoughts. Doesn't mean you have to reach out and see them. That's right. You might also be one of those people who should get back to dating so you can put that energy into someone else, someone who's actually worth that kind of focus, care, and attention. Back to your question. You said, I don't know how to make these thoughts stop. I, 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 I don't know how to help you make them stop either. That's a therapy question, truly. Um, some of the DMs are beyond what I can you know, give you three quick, simple tips to deal with. How do you stop those thoughts? By self-talk and distraction. Yes, it's a little white knuckling. Stop spending time on their social media. Stop bringing their name up in conversation. That's a way to help yourself psychologically distance and disconnect. When you're feeling an impulse to reach out, do something else. You might even need to go as far as to make a list of all the things you'll do when you feel like you want to reach out and think about or you know, contact this person. But if you don't feel like you have that kind of impulse control and boundaries, then you need to get into therapy to work on that. Um, all I can do is give you these basic, simple things, which is don't do it. When you do it, find a new behavior to replace it with and also sublimate it into a better direction. Find someone who is healthy and appropriate and funnel all your thoughts into that person, you know? But um, yeah, I'm, I'm more impacted by the person lying because maybe, like I said, you live at home with someone who's immunocompromised. Maybe you are. Uh, maybe you work around a lot of a, peop- a lot of people at work, and they're counting on all of us whole, you know, our, doing our end of the bargain about who we're around. I don't know. That's a bummer. It's kind of something we're going to have to be talking more and more about, though, as time goes on. I don't think you're the only one who's had something like that happen. But dealing with thoughts, you know, stopping our thoughts isn't a simple thing for some people, and it's going to require ongoing practice. But it's about distracting, calling it out when it's happening, distracting, and then replacing that thought with something more productive. All right, y'all. DMs are always open. If you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Uh, we'll be back, though, so stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, we're back and we're talking about how to manage the holidays. I don't want this to always be doom and gloom, but when we bring in a mental health perspective on things, it's often not about really honoring the positives because people tend to thrive and do well in those. So we tend to be looking at the harder, more darker components. So just want to hold space for the idea that I'm not implying all holidays are struggle for everyone. Um, we've been talking, you know, extensively about how to really change our perspective around spending the holidays differently or alone. You know, loneliness was a topic yesterday. We're kind of sharpening our focus with it today. And we're going to talk a little bit of how to manage that social anxiety for those that will be spending time with others around the holidays. It bums me out, but it's something we have to talk about how to deal with yourself being in maybe recovery with drugs and alcohol around the holidays and eating disorders and toxic family members. I wish that wasn't something that needed to be discussed. I wish we could talk about, you know, how to set the great, you know, the best table and decorate the tree, but that's not the work of, you know, mental health. So let's talk about it. And I think that we can really try to say, Hey, listen, the holidays are something that can be rooted in maybe some joy and pleasure, depending on how we approach it and we wrap our heads around it. And I want to, I want to remind everyone that your experience matters. It isn't that your grandmother having the best holiday means more than your comfort or your, or performing it in the ways that you traditionally do. Like your mental health always matters. So I want you to weigh in on that. And that's kind of what we're talking about. How can we use this time to really center that? And so the first thing is make sure you set the boundaries you need to set. You're, you know, it doesn't have to just be we are boundaryless, sitting wherever we're told to sit, being forced into conversations we don't want to have. We've talked a little bit about this, but you're allowed to say, I'm not comfortable sitting next to this individual because of their drinking or the conversations that are had. You're also allowed to be in a conversation and say to someone, I'm not comfortable continuing to talk about this or to talk about this at all. Um, I want, I just want to start by saying that, that we're allowed to enter any social space, honoring what it is we need to feel safe and cared for while we're there. So maybe you need to ask yourself that, looking at the environment you're about to step into, what do you need to do to make sure you can get through them? We're gonna talk specifically about anxiety, but I just wanna globalize that. Do you need to call out how long you'll be there? Do you need to bring someone with you, sober support or social support? Do you need to let them know what is acceptable? And sometimes you'll call ahead and find out who's gonna be there, will it be centered around drinking? Can we stay sober until a certain time and then I'll exit? Uh, Maybe you need to bring certain meals. Maybe you need to say to people, I'm not comfortable talking about my gender identity or am I eating? Uh, maybe you need to uh, mandate that you know pronouns will be honored, things like that. It's okay to ask for that. It's okay to expect a safe space and it's okay to leave when it isn't. Regardless of what you might have committed to, if you show up and realize this isn't healthy for me, you're allowed to exit. And that's why I kept saying you're allowed to prepare it differently, you're allowed to frame it differently, you're allowed to encounter it differently. It's part of mental health. The holiday doesn't mean more than people's mental health. People's mental health has to mean more than just doing it 
because what are we honoring at that point? If we're like, well, this is how we do it. And sorry if people don't enjoy it or are negatively impacted. Well, that's backwards. Um, so set the boundaries you need to say and advocate for yourselves. Also, don't avoid things. This is now where we're really talking about the anxiety piece. You might learn more if it is a safe environment by stepping into it. Some people avoid all levels of socialization, including holiday invites, because it's just too much. But what would it be, or what would it mean, or how might it feel, or how might it help if you try to encounter or enter it in some kind of a safer way? What does that mean? Well, maybe you're not up for attending the entirety of the event. What would it mean if you just showed up for a little bit and left when you're uncomfortable? What would it mean if when you got uncomfortable, you, you focused on staying just a little bit longer? What if you, instead of feeling at the mercy of whoever, of whoever engages you or talks to you, what if you challenged yourself to go up and start conversations with other people? That's how we really work on ourselves psychologically. A lot of the work is within relationality. And some of these holiday events really give us time to practice that. Um, how can we maybe take control of the situation? How can we make it more comfortable? But with anxiety, it can't always be avoiding everything that makes us uncomfortable. It is about extending and stretching, pushing on our edges, widening our window of tolerance, which means extending ourselves into the ability to tolerate more by staying a little bit longer, staying 20 minutes longer than you're comfortable. All within the context of what's healthy, of course, if it's an unsafe environment, exit. But I just mean within a healthy, normal environment, if you're just feeling some social anxiety, maybe you say, when I hit my edge, I'm going to hang in there just 20 minutes longer. And maybe in that 20 minutes, I'll start a conversation or I'll just stay present or I'll walk around the room, but find a way to maybe extend that window of tolerance a little bit. Maybe learn how to tolerate staying in a conversation that's safe a little bit longer, asking one more question or following up one more time, right? We're always trying to expand ourselves. Also, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you have to say, listen, I'm going to practice a boundary while I'm there, which means I'm going to say no to something that I normally would allow or say yes to. But really stepping into this, um, that will make us feel better than always leaning out and leaning away. And that's part of that pushing yourself. We, you know, it's not easy to leave our comfort zones, but any experience in the holidays afford a lot of those experiences to us where we can step into tolerating more, right? And know ahead of time where your limits are and, and ask yourself, what are ways that I can practice pushing on those? And for a lot of people, like I said, it's talking to others, how long they stick around, um, things like that. So just really sit with that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about more ways to kind of frame it so as to be working on this anxiety because I don't want these things to have to be as daunting as they are. I don't want everyone's option to only be opting out all the time. Stick around. We've got more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about how to deal with holiday loneliness. We're talking about how to deal with holiday stress, holiday social anxiety. In the segment before this one, we were just talking about expanding, challenging ourselves, sustain it a little bit longer, tolerate a little bit more, right? Build up our resilience, um, leaving not at the moment you feel uncomfortable, but saying, let me stay another 15 minutes, another 20, maybe even another hour. Um, also, maybe let me go stand by someone or let me stay by someone. Sometimes our best way in or to feel part of is just to be around. So maybe you go with someone that you feel safe with. Maybe you actively say to someone, I'm going to be very anxious. Is it okay if you're my date for the night or you're my buddy for the night? Or is it okay if I often use you as a way into conversations? You know, get someone to maybe commit to being on your team in that way or by your side. Um, savoring that, allowing that, letting yourself be surprised at actually what was more fun than you thought or what was more tolerable than you thought. I work with a lot of clients where all these parties and events coming up around the holidays and other times really spike their anxiety because they don't necessarily have the social confidence or the self-esteem to really feel good about bringing themselves into these spaces. Some of the spaces just aren't safe and so it's appropriate to not go into them, but other times they are. And I want us to have access or something that we can ground ourselves in because that's often what it's about is feeling left out or not a part of or not safe or not brought in. And so again, staying longer, sticking with certain people, practicing beginning and starting conversations, and sometimes also just getting comfortable with the lack, meaning it's okay if you're not always engaging someone. It's okay if you're not always participating in a conversation. That's when we spend time maybe at the food table. That's maybe when we just go off and we notice the spaces 
as that we're in. Um, also trying to create some fun. I think another tip is planning. And you don't necessarily need it to feel so rote or scripted, but sometimes having an idea of some of the, some of the things we feel comfortable or feel really solid talking about. Already knowing what we can contribute and bring in. So yeah, sometimes for some people, they'll feel less anxious if they already have some planned talking points. What are the things you enjoy talking about? What are the things that you've been spending your time doing that might be interesting to other people and would really make you feel confident, secure kind of sharing? A lot of people in the moments when someone says things like, how are you? What do you do? How's your holiday been? What have you been up to? How have you been dealing with this time? They're at a loss. But if you already have a few things in your head um, that are prepared, you can say, interesting you ask. I've been working on this or this is what I've been doing. And you'll very fluidly and confidently step into that conversation. So there is something beautiful about planning ahead for those conversations. Because there's a few things that you know people will ask. What do you do? How do you know the host? Are you enjoying the party? What have you been doing with the holidays or what will you be doing for the holidays? holidays. And it's important for people to have answers for that. People also do that when they prepare for first dates. You know, someone might ask you, how long has it been since you've been in a relationship? How did your last relationship end? Things like that. And you have a, an answer that you feel very prepared and confident in because on the fly, you might not really feel like you're going to be able to pull that up and pull that forward. So plan ahead for that. I like people coming in maybe with some talking points. I don't think that that has to be corny or robotic or scripted, um, especially if you can practice it and have it very fluid, but it helps people. Um, also, there's something about finding other people at the party or event that maybe also feel the way you feel. Oftentimes, if you scan the room, you can see someone that's been left on their own or maybe feels out of place. Go spend time with and talk to that person. Help each other out in that way. I want everyone to do that. If you're ever anywhere and you see someone looking uncomfortable out of place or as though they need to be connected to, go go do that. Bring them in. Go start a conversation with them. Pull them over. Bring people to them. But like, look out for each other. And sometimes the only thing you need to do is just touch them to bring them in. And I've always with consent, but I remember I was, this is a long time ago. That's such a really random memory, but my mind went right there. I was at a party. I didn't know the people there. I went with a date. I didn't know the date either. And I wound up part of like six people having a conversation and I was not really aware of what they were talking about because they were talking about stories that were kind of inside. And my date just quickly noticed me standing there very disconnected and silent. And all they had to do was just kind of put their hand on my arm and I felt grounded and I felt brought in and I felt part of, it was some, it was just some form of recognition. Like I'm here, I see you. It's all I needed. And then I felt more part of, but it's also something about getting confidence in that silence. It's okay to not be constantly contributing. It's okay to just be listening. We have to make that acceptable. Not everyone's very extroverted. So, so there's a piece about allowing that, but I do want us to scan the room and see who maybe needs to be brought in or talked to. And maybe if we're feeling that way, we can also go spend time with that person. Um, and that can help us. There's a, there, you, you'd be surprised at the anxiety that people have stepping into these events. How am I going to explain my job loss? How am I going to explain my singledom? Um, I don't feel good about other factors or I'm newly sober and I'm here. So many different things come up for people when they're being brought into these parties and social spaces, you know? So be part of making someone's time better. They help you and you help them. Also be thoughtful about your alcohol and drug use. Uh, often whatever we're feeling when we start to drink or use can, instead of soothing that or healing that, it amplifies that. So for some people, if they enter a party and they're already anxious and they start drinking, it can make them worse, more anxious, but it can also just take you in a more disconnected direction where you might not realize that you're consuming beyond the point of what you're comfortable with or beyond the point of what makes you really able to be related to and relatable. Um, we've all been at parties where someone's had too much to drink and we can't connect to them. And they can't connect to us. And that's very uncomfortable for everyone. And it can also spiral and become bigger and worse than that. So do pay attention to that. If you're very hyper anxious, maybe don't drink, which sounds counterintuitive. Maybe be very cautious with how much you're drinking and drink far less and far slower. So as to be accessible, so as to be connected to your executive functioning, so you can present your better self. Also for people that are single and maybe looking to date, if you're showing up and you're getting very messy and sloppy, that's not going to be desirable to most people. So if you're entering these spaces, also hoping to flirt and to be courted and to court, be aware of how you're showing up. All of that matters because people can only judge you based on what information you're providing. And that might be all you're giving them is this 
you know, lesser or lower drunken self. Right, we're going to take a little break and we're going to keep talking about ways to deal with the holidays and social anxiety. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, so we're back and we're just wrapping up our discussion about getting through the holidays with our mental health intact and also dealing with some of the uh, social anxiety that kind of comes with it. So we're being kind with ourselves. <laughs> First off, we don't have to attend everything. We can attend it for a small period of time. We can go with the right people. We're looking around to see who maybe needs to be spoken to, who we can connect with. We're also planning ahead for conversation, especially around topics we know that might come up that we really don't feel so secure around what we're going to say, practice that, have that kind of prepared, have a couple talking points ready. Um, also, we're not overdoing it on the alcohol. We're really paying attention to our nerves and our mood and how alcohol might amplify that. And also how we're presenting, depending on what our goals are there. We might be new to the social circle and we want to connect. We might be it with work colleagues. We might also be trying to court or be courted while there. And we want to be thoughtful about what part of ourselves we're bringing into the room and that we're going to be held accountable to. We're always marketing ourselves. Are you, you know, so market the best of you, especially in some of these spaces. Also, there's something about focusing on what you can control. There's a lot of things we can't control. When we walk into a holiday party or event, but some things we can, who you talk to, what you talk about, always remembering you can walk away from a conversation. You can say, I'm not comfortable with this. You can really focus on where you sit, who you sit by. There's some little tweaks we can make to best set ourselves up to feel good about where we are and to walk away wanting to go back. So think about that. What do you have control over? When you get there, when you leave, who you spend time with, who you don't. So think about that. When we're panicking, if we need a little air, we can take a step outside, go into the bathroom, we can breathe. Maybe even let a friend who's not there know, I might be sending you some texts throughout the night if I feel alone or I need to really be grounded or get some confidence, that can be meaningful. If you're sober, maybe you need to bring a sober buddy, make sure there's other sober people there. Maybe you kind of sit this one out if it's gonna be a lot of drinking, it's okay. Let the people know you're going with that. Maybe you'll be leaving early. Let, you know, it's okay to let people in on what we might encounter or what we might struggle with so that no one's surprised. And then we feel we're confident when we do what we do. Also remember, like you don't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's okay to go and have an off night where maybe you're not really connecting with a lot of people or you weren't really that sociable or you didn't stay as long as you hoped or you normally would. It's okay. Don't make it any bigger than it has to be. It's a freaking party. It's a, an event. It's supposed to be fun. So it's okay if it's not amazing, but also hold space for letting it be fun and for creating some fun. I've entered some social spaces where it's a little too morose or a little too uptight or a little too serious. And I was like, I don't have to honor that. I can still be joyful and lighthearted and funny and I can still enjoy myself. I don't have to play the role that everyone needs me to play. I remember early on in LA parties, I felt like I was the only one who ever ate the food or was at the food table because everyone was so hyper-conscious about how they might look or what they're eating. And I was like, forget that. I'm here to have fun. I'm not here to impress anyone. I don't care what anyone thinks about my level of desirability or acceptability. And I was at the table with food cookie icing all over me because I was like, these cookies are good. And I was having fun. I was laughing. And that's also more magnetic and more people want to be around that. So you kind of pull people in. So remember that. Focus on what you can control. And remember, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be ideal. You're not there to impress anyone. You're there to have fun. It's a party. That's what cracks me up about how serious we take these things. What we're wearing, who we're talking to, who's going to be there. And it's like, we kind of miss out on the whole purpose at that point. You know? So just think about that. But I think there is something powerful in being prepared, knowing what you might be up against, telling the people you're going with, getting their support, having friends that know that you can connect to. And when in doubt, if it's not the best, leave, you know, but do what you need to do to show up at your best. Do a little bit positive self-talk, frame it as what if it is fun? It could be fun. Create the fun, find the fun. Don't go in with the doom and gloom because then we tend to kind of find that and attract that. So be thoughtful about that. I want everyone to come out of the holidays feeling good and robust and rested. Life is hard enough right now. We shouldn't be letting these collateral things that are supposed to restore us actually further erode or eat away at that. So maybe you pass on it or maybe you change the energy. Let people know it's lighthearted. Maybe make these things more casual. 
think about that. Cause I know I got a whole bunch of stuff coming up and I have to figure out what I'm going to, what I'm not going to. And also we have to think about safety protocols. I don't want to be in an indoor space around a bunch of people if they're not vaccinated or wearing masks. I don't trust that. When were you back? When were you tested last weeks ago? Well, shoot, a lot's happened since then. So we also have to think about those things. So that's in there as well this year. I know I'm not going near large crowds and I'm not going near anything that's indoor for long periods of time with large crowds because I'm very susceptible to all that mess and I'm not trying to get sick this year. Um, so anyway, be good with each other. Be good to each other. Be good to yourselves. Remember, parties are supposed to be fun. Holidays are supposed to be fun. Otherwise, let's just not even do it. And we've make these things so uptight. We make these things such a pass fail and our worth is tied to them. We got to undo that. All right, coming up next, we're going to be sliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, topics you want covered, things you want us to circle back to. Put them in there. We're always happy to hear from you. And past episodes, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. Binge, post, share, we listen. It's all there. Repetition. Got to hear this stuff to practice this stuff. But like I said, stick around. More to come. There's DMs. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We will be right back. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I think I may be non-binary. Well, guess what? Amen, alleluia, celebration. That's an awesome thing to celebrate, to feel great about, stepping into a new part of our identity. Even if it's something that doesn't hold true over the long haul, that's who and where you are now. It's allowed to be an ever-evolving thing. It's even like sexual orientation. It's not just, oh, I like boys or I like girls or I like both, case closed. No, what do you like to do with them? What do you like to hear, feel, smell, role play, energy exchange, power dynamics? And sometimes it evolves. My sexuality has evolved constantly. That's why I... I don't usually use my identity. I don't usually use the kind of sex I like to have in terms of gender choice or behaviors as my identity. I think my identity for me is about what I'm doing in the world. So I identify more as, you know, a sex therapist and activists. And when people say, yeah, but what about sexual orientation? I say to them, it's vast. I contain multitudes. <laughs> it's always changing boys, girls, everything in between. It's always been that way. So I don't really identify as anything. Um, but I always call that out to let people know it can be ever changing, wide open. Uh, but back to your question, you say, I have masculine and feminine traits. Awesome. But am more mask presenting right now. Awesome. I like the idea of being feminine and masculine. I think that's also awesome. And I often switch back and forth between the roles that I enjoy more. Beautiful fluidity. Always open-ended, right? And based on how you feel and who you are, that's the most honest, authentic expression of yourself. For most of us, it should always be changing, truly. I think we hide behind rigid labels for our identity sexually in terms of gender. I think all of us are gonna wake up certain days feeling more what might be traditionally seen as feminine or masculine. Those concepts aren't necessarily real. Those are social constructions. We decided this is what we're gonna call masculine, that's what we're gonna call feminine, and then we're gonna police those boundaries and those borders. So I like you pushing on those, kicking them down, effing with them, queering them, right? So, so do that. Uh, you said my parents know I'm gay, but I feel like now if I start acting more feminine or dress more feminine, they may not fully understand. That's right. They most likely won't. Older generations think that sex and gender are linked, that whatever gender you're assigned at birth, that that's who you are and what you'll always be. And that is absolutely not the case, which is why I laugh when parents do gender reveals. I'm like, you, the child has to do the gender reveal when they're of age to 
come out as whatever gender they are. You can only tell us if they have, you know, penis or vagina or if they're intersexed. So, and no one really needs to know that who cares. Um, but your question is this, how can I pull off both or be non-binary and feel like I have to keep explaining myself? Well, you don't have to keep explaining yourself and you should just be who you are and where you are as you're there. But maybe if you care about your family and you want to gift them with the intimacy of knowing who you are fully, have a conversation with them about what they might be seeing as time moves on and what bi- uh, what non-binary identity means, that it's about stepping outside of you know social constructions and expectations and be yourself. You don't have to explain every step of the way, but some people like to give a broad umbrella sweeping explanation of, I'm, you know, I'm very gender creative and diverse. And at times you'll see me present one way and at times another way. And that's who I am. And that's how I feel. I, I express my better true self. And it is what it is when you move on from there. It's a bummer to me that we even feel like we have to come out around gender and sexual orientation. It should just be something that's more secondary or tertiary to who we are. And I'm glad that we're going to get more familiar with seeing all these different fluid expressions so much so that we get rid of these concepts. I can't wait to us getting rid of these concepts where people just present in all diverse creative ways, all of us, and we just don't define ourselves based on gender and sexual orientation. It's such a limiting identification that says nothing about someone. When someone tells me they're gay or cis or trans, I haven't learned anything still, truly. There's so much more to all of those terms and they're very individualized and subjective. One person's non-binary explanation is different from another's. But I appreciate that we use these terms to feel real, to feel respected, to build community, to get resources, to get human and civil rights, and that's important. But I look forward to a time when we have all of that locked down and then there's just fluidity and creativity within that. Uh, beautiful question though, good luck on that. Let me know how that all goes. DMs, always in our Loveland IG page. Got a DM for us, drop it in there. Questions, topics, topics you want us to drop deeper into. And uh, you can check out past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. And also just my books, Rebel Love and Sex Outside the Lines, two books that really help you explore all the different topics we talk about on the show and especially in the DMs. But uh, spend the rest of the night and the week being kind to yourselves, being kind to those around you. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. And you enjoy the rest of your night. Have a great night, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.